You're listening to the MoneyWeb Now podcast series with Simon Brown. Live streamed every weekday at 6.30 a.m. It's Friday, 1st December. I'm Simon Brown, coming at you live and loud from the MoneyWeb Global Headquarters in Johannesburg, South Africa. On the show today, Jimmy Moyaha, Spa, ouch, just ouch. Lewis, Lewis, good. Those share buybacks, man, those share buybacks are doing what they really should do. Let me chat Charles Savage, CEO of Purple Group, results out late last night. They swing into a full year loss. Some thoughts on me on the Mauritian economy. This show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. Morning headlines from MoneyWeb, VNA Waterfront to commission a 184 million desalination plant early in 2024. As landlords, we are becoming utilities by default, says GrowthPoint CEO. In essence, we are privatizing by stealth. Business day, Stanlib opens door to funding ESCOM transmission lines. Asset manager says regulations need to be clarified to achieve due diligence. Morning markets, US was mixed, S&P up 0.4% and NASDAQ down a quarter of a percent. Uh, over in the east, it's red, Sydney down uh, a tiny bit, 0.02% and Tokyo off 0.1%. Commodities, all red, gold. 2061. Brent, 8042. Platinum, 935. Palladium, $1,025 an ounce. Rand, 1883. Bitcoin, 38,000. Ten cent down 0.9%. And top 40 opening call, 25 points up, which is about 0.04% green. MoneyWeb now on the money. Also available on podcast. Chatting now with uh, Jimmy Muyaha. Jimmy, let's start with those spa numbers. A, a, a lot of, of really tough. I mean, notwithstanding the $1.6 billion cost to their SAP rollout, which is just mind-boggling. Turnover was up uh, some 10%, but operating profits down 47%. Headline earnings down 47%. Uh, dividend per share just gone. Four and down to zero now. I, I know it is tough out there, but there seems to, I mean, this seems more than just a tough environment. Or am I being perhaps overly critical of them? Morning, Simon. Um, You'd think that the results would have a negative impact. Uh, The share price actually finished up uh, more than a percent yesterday and closed out the month uh, a percent to the green because of that. Uh, But to your point around the environment, I mean, we've seen this uh, play out quite a bit in terms of uh, the retailers. We've spoken about the retailers. We've compared uh, pick and pay and spa in terms of their situation uh, or respective situations, rather. And we've also looked at how ShopRite continues to outperform both. Um, and I think the the environment that Spa is having to contend with, I mean, I spoke to the CEO yesterday, uh, Angelo Swartz, about this. And the Polish business is obviously the, the glaring uh, mm. problem there. And that's why they've decided to sell out of that business. Uh, but alongside that, I think that SAP rollout cannot be uh, ignored. You, we, we got into detail about that. And you, you can't... Um, Ignore the fact that 1.6 billion rand in lost turnover, uh, about 700 million rand in lost profits, and they have to still then uh, go and impair uh, an additional uh, 95 or 94 odd million rand for uh, that particular so- uh, system. So, definitely something that they have said this uh, they're revisiting in terms of ensuring that they can implement it better going forward and learning from whatever mistakes that they've learned. But it's very 
clear by the fact that they decided to forego a dividend that the business is in need of um, managing whatever internal situations they need to manage uh, a lot better. I mean, if you remember a couple of months ago, Spa had a lot of uh, resignations to their boards, a lot of changes uh, at a corporate level. So it's been quite the 2023 for them. Um, And I mean, as I said, to still see the share price uh, positive on the back of the news that we saw, uh, yes, we this is despite the fact that we lost about or almost 24% back in April when all of the corporate um, reshuffling happened. And so the share price is, uh, it has bounced off that 100 rand uh, level f- in terms of just support from uh, a price perspective. I don't know if it's got enough to go back to 140 rand just yet, uh, but it's worth noting that the business has turned around uh, a couple of things in terms of just the decision making within the business, the the decision to sell the Polish uh, business, mm-hmm. the decision to or the acknowledgement of the SAP business as, or the SAP implementation rather, as well as the fact that the Irish business has been doing exceptionally well. So I think from this point forward, it, 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 we might see a bit of sideways movement on the share price. Um, I don't know if we'll certainly get back up to 160 to or between that 160 and 200 rand range that we that we've seen Spa trade in uh, pretty much pre 2022. Uh, but it remains to be seen what the business is going to do to turn around the the challenges they faced. Yeah, and I take the point. Maybe this was a bit of a sort of drawing a line under some some horror decisions. I mean, you. Know, and, and Poland, and I remember chatting with them and they went into Poland and they said, look, we're trying something here. Let's see if it works. It hasn't worked, but uh, at least they are admitting that. Lewis on the, excuse me, Lewis on the other side, and that's a, Lewis always thinks a bank that sells furniture. But the point is, they do it very well and they do aggressive share buybacks. There was a chart from their presentation yesterday. They're doing the classic just buyback shares, reduce the share count and make everyone a little better. Not knocking out the park, but, you know, merchandise sales up 4.8%, revenue up 83 uh, dividend up 26 Nice little set of results. None of that matters, Simon. Where do you still know a company in this day and age that sells furniture on credit and maintains a 40% gross profit margin? These guys are doing well. <laughs> I mean, margins margins have been squeezed across industry, across companies. It doesn't really matter where you look. We have seen that companies have squeezed, have seen um, a decline in margins. And these mm. guys are coming out saying, oh, we finally got our margins back to an acceptable range of between 40 and 42%. And that's that's a huge figure if you think about it. And you couple that with exactly what you're saying about them being a bank in that their cash sales have decreased where their credit sales have gone up, but they've also become more restrictive in how they're granting the credit. So what that tells you is they're having healthier creditors or healthier uh, debtors, rather, healthier debtors buying from them with the ability to repay. And that's allowing them to finance things like um 125 million that they spent in the first six months on the share repurchase program. Yeah. Uh, yes, earnings might be a little lower. Yes, headline earnings per share might be a little lower, and interim dividend only went up by two percent. That's th- those aren't really um, concerning points for a business like Lewis when you look at the bigger picture. Because when you look at the bigger picture, it's always going to be about um, where demand slows down because they are unfavorable conditions from a consumer point of view. How is a business like this faring? Are they sitting on too much inventory? Are they not making um, enough revenues in that? And those metrics they're checking out on, those those metrics yeah. are doing well for them. 
even though they're they're seeing things that are i mean net finance costs are going up and that that's natural that's natural from a high interest rate environment but where they are able to control the measures to enhance profitability they're doing well yeah. credit to them for that and take point and, and dividend not up much but two rand that's almost a five percent yield yield at mid-year right we still got the year end coming we'll leave it there jimmy we always appreciate the early morning and that's our poll today linkedin and x we're talking spa horror numbers i mean is it a line in the sand for them uh, have they put all the bad stuff behind them the question we're asking do you hold spa have your vote have your say linkedin and x if seagulls were harder dolls who could afford to retire to the coast what kind of bird would you be would you soar over the savannah or chase summer around the globe you see even when you stop working your money won't when you invest in stanlib's fixed income funds you can retire earning a regular income off your investments Invest for more certainty at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib is an authorized financial services provider and a registered manager. MoneyWeb now on the money. Chatting now with Charles Savage, CEO of Purple Group. Disclaimer up front, I hold shares in Purple. Results site yesterday, year end August, revenue up 0.8%. HEPs was minus 2.05 cents a share. Uh, Easy, Ecto, Easy Equities Active Clients up 17.5% at almost 900,000. Charles, I appreciate the time this morning. Uh, tough year. I want to start with maybe a, a more big picture type of question. You've been in the market a few years. This is different, but as bad as 2008 to nine. In some ways, the last year or so feels worse, but maybe. Maybe time has taken some of the, the pain off the memory of that 2008-2009 crisis. No, Simon, I, I completely agree with you. I mean, I do think it's worse in 2008. You know, back in 2008, we kind of knew what the problem was and the solution was kind of swift and uh, almost, you know, immediate. Uh, mm. In this case, you know, the problems are much more diverse um, and we don't all have the same problems. You know, South Africa's got a very different economic uh, set of problems versus other countries so i i think it's actually worse and maybe it is age and these things feel worse (laughs) as you get older but uh, certainly i think this is the toughest economic environment i've ever traded through yeah and i take your point 0809 was speedy it was very v-shaped this is not a v-shaped at all we are bundling in the valley Uh, let's move on to results Uh, easy equities clients growing up 11 percent inflows down 28 percent and change but still at just short of six billion outflows 4.7 that really is the story you've seen a a, a decrease in portfolio turnover you've seen deposit driven execution revenue down almost half this is the crunch that is that is hurting the 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 numbers in this period yeah 100 percent uh active client numbers were up 17 and a half percent you know assets up around 25 percent so those are the two sort of headline numbers that are really strong and growing in this environment hasn't been easy but you know people have got less capacity to invest than they did 18 months ago and that's the true story of it you know if you look at we've tracked our deposit rate uh, in correlation to the interest rate cycle Mm. And for every interest rate increase, there's been a commensurate decrease in the deposits from our customers, which really signifies that they have debt and that cost of debt is costing them their investments right now. And, and that makes sense. I mean, it's, it's tough out there. You've got less cash because you're paying more on your bond, your vehicle, whatever. You've got less money to, to, to invest. Outflows, I mean, outflows at 4.7 billion. In one sense, that seems like a big number. But I mean, it, 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 is it, is it, is it, it's something that, that's worrisome. It's, it's certainly uh, uh, moving in the wrong direction. Are clients taking out as well as putting in less? Yeah, so, you know, in the context of this environment, I mean, I've 
tracked all of our sort of competitor platform results. And I think all of them have indicated that they've had net outflows mm. in their respective periods. We've got net inflows. So our customers are showing a, a level of resilience that is not evidenced uh, with through our competitors. So I think they've done really well in really tough times. So, you know, that number, if the interest rates stay where, where they are, and if I look forward 12 months, I think we're going to see, you know, loosening of interest rates. And so with the commensurate decreases in those interest rates, we should see deposit inflows and net deposit inflows um, improve. So I, I'm quite optimistic that this is the bottom of the cycle and that this is the worst um, consume the worst pressure consumers will be under if I yeah. take a forward 12-month view. And, and if we look at, at just market activity, I mean, I was running the numbers last night uh, and, and sort of back of a matchbox, the JSC total return in the last 12 months is up about 7, 7.5%. It's not a terror number. It's not a great number. If that was 15, your numbers would probably be bigger. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if you saw in the highlights, but our customers on average delivered 11.1% return mm. over the period. So they outperformed the JSC. <laughs> you know, the, the point you're making around the JST, though, I mean, if you look at JSC volumes, they must be down around 30% year yeah. on year. And, you know, we can't escape that that environment. We're part of that. We're a stockbroker and our biggest part of our business is still South Africa. So, you know, the economic environment that, that we, you know, live inside um, is under ex- ex- excessive pressure and it's 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 hitting all participants so you know trading volumes are much lower than they were a year ago and fundamentally it's because the consumer is under more pressure you've got other operations uh, you've got bunches other than the biggies perhaps crypto and and the easy property most notable revenue there is 19 million collectively down from 26 are they profitable can they grow markedly they seem very small in the in the bigger picture yeah look it's an interesting um, you know when you look at the group essentially all revenue makes a contribution towards profit because our platform capability comes at a cost mm-hmm. and then any customer that delivers revenue off that platform capability actually reduces um, our operating costs or contributes to profit, if you like. So you know, they make a meaningful contribution. Again, those asset classes haven't been protected from this environment. Uh, crypto seems to be recovering faster than most asset classes. And so it's, it's definitely benefiting in the current environment. But property... In South Africa is under massive pressure, and especially yeah, the space okay. that we play in, which is residential property. Yeah, now I take your point on that. How many of, of your of your accounts? And you've got almost a, a nine hundred thousand easy equity accounts. How many different products does each client have? On average, they have one point four five. So you know, one and a half accounts with us. Uh, across the various platforms. Institutional business, we, we, I think everyone looks at Purple slash Easy and thinks of you as the, 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 the mass market, and certainly that's the core business. Institutional's been ticking along and, and, and really starting to, to pick up. Yeah, it's a business we've been building you know, relatively quietly over the last three years. We've taken the exact same retail capability that we have in Easy Equities and applied it to the institutional market through Rise. And fundamentally, at the end of institutional money is just another retail customer. Mm. And so, you know, that business, that message and that platform are starting to sell exceptionally well uh, inside that market space. And as you know, that's a much bigger market than, you know, than traditional Mm -hmm. retail stockbroking. So it's starting to participate at almost equal levels with uh, easy equities in terms of inflows. In fact, this year it was just slightly behind on on inflows of of, uh, deposits. Uh, And we expect that to be a continuing trend. You, you, you're still bringing products. You've got Easy Credit just come, Easy Protect, Easy Bonds. Um, as, as I understand, many of these are still sort of in, in, in soft launch. How's the response to those been? The bonds in particular, because as I understand, this is good old-fashioned South African government bonds, which I can buy if I've got a couple of million rand lying around. And of course, you're making that simpler. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I love the Easy Bonds product, and the timing couldn't be better. Maybe six months ago, it would have been slightly better. But you know, we're seeing huge investor engagement with it. It's a new asset class for them, so it's something they've got to understand. It's mm. not, it's not, you know, not equities. But we're on average, we're seeing about half a million rand per day in new flow, um, and it's only a week old. So I think we've raised about <laughs> three point six million rand for the government so far. But I expect that to be a continuing trend, and uh, and we've got a big portion. And people think about our platform as being young, uh, and the averages tell you that they're young. But you know, forty percent of our customers are over the age of fifty, and so this product and this environment is a, is great for those who are sort of facing retirement or already in retirement. Yeah, and bonds, and to your point, I mean, they're giving almost equity-like returns without the risk. Philippines, you did the competition there. As I understand, you are struggling with the regulator to get to get traction and to get launched. Yeah, look, it's, it's I mean, you know, we probably were optimistically, um, you know, overly optimistic about how quickly we could launch in the market. You know, we've we, one thing we didn't do is we didn't underestimate the demand. We ran the game. And 300,000 Filipinos, 330,000 Filipinos pitched up and played the game. And, you know, just rewind your memory to when we launched Easy Equities, we only had 2,000 game <laughs> players nine years ago. So the market opportunity, we've, we've satisfied ourselves that there is a massive market opportunity there. That's the good news. The bad news is the regulatory environment, you know, they don't know who we are. They don't understand our platform capability. We do things very differently to the traditional stockbrokers in the market. Mm. And so it's taking much longer than we expected to satisfy them. Um, of you know of our products and services, you know, the and I guess and the bad news around that is that we have no certainty around timing. And so our you know our choice has been to let let's keep building a community, let's keep building a relationship in the market. Let's look to see if there are other things we can do in the market that are easier um, to you know to launch and can produce revenue. And let's make sure we stay in the market so that when that when the opportunity does arise to launch, we're still there. Okay, so you stay in there. Quick last question. Uh, you launched Thrive, your your uh, program, post-year-end, not in the numbers. Uh, a, 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 we, we chatted about it at the time. Have you seen clients leaving in any significant numbers? No, yeah, Simon, it's been a kind of storm in a, tea, in a Twitter teacup, I guess. Um, you know, the bottom line, I think, once people have lived alongside it now for a month and we've extended the first fee run to the 31st December, they've realized, firstly, how easy it is to thrive. And secondly, that it is a fair trade. You know, we spend 365 days, 24 hours a day looking after people's investments and improving the platform, which is demonstrably evidenced you know, in our financial results. And all we're asking investors to do is pitch up for five minutes a month, max, and and thrive. And it's already it's already delivering a positive result. I mean, deposits were up ten percent by vo- volume in terms of number of customers in November, and so and that's exactly what we were trying to encourage. So it's it's only one month in, and I don't want to say that it's going to change that the behavioural me- mechanisms are, you know have turned everything around. But early signs are that uh, it's creating. The, the behavioral outcomes that we wanted um, and it's the program is going to deliver value to the group in the year ahead. Charles Savage, CEO Purple Group, appreciate the early morning. There's no postponing the inevitable. Your money knew this day would come. And you know what? It can hardly wait to start giving some back to you. When you invest in Stanlib's fixed income funds, you can retire earning a regular income off your investments. Invest for more certainty at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib is an authorized financial services provider and a registered manager. MoneyWeb now on the money. 
Some quick thoughts on the Mauritian economy. I was there uh, last week. The first thing you notice, so we were staying at an Airbnb, not a resort, so we had to go to a supermarket to uh, get food. Uh, Help wanted signs. I mean, do you even understand what that means? It's literally a sign on the wall that says we need cashiers, security, assistant managers. Unemployment is 6%. Staggering. Just it it felt so weird. GDP, 4%. Two potholes. One was being fixed. The other one was about six inches in size. Uh, Per capita GDP, about $10,000 per person. South Africa, 7000 It is an economy largely on tourism, not largely, pretty much exclusively on tourism and financial services. But I tell you, it was quite something to be spending 10 days in an economy that just functionally worked. That's it for today. We were chatting with Kingsley Williams yesterday from Satrix South Africa about rules-based investing. We asked if you held any rules-based funds. Almost half of you said, yep, passive ETFs, which ultimately are the the pinnacle of rules-based investing. A fifth said bits of both. Uh, The rest was split between you like, you prefer, you're active, and the rest saying, yeah, you've got them, and they're doing great. Have your vote, have your say, LinkedIn and X. The show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. We live every weekday morning, the MoneyWeb website and the app, 6.30 a.m. podcast just after 7. Thanks to my team, Eddie, Nobochle, Nicole, to you for listening, my guests for their time. My name is Simon Brown. This is MoneyWeb Now. We'll chat again, virtual immigration, Monday. You've been listening to another MoneyWeb Now podcast, posted every weekday at 7 a.m. on moneyweb.co.za. MoneyWeb Now, on the money.